your TV, your iPhone, your iPads, whatever device you have, it is from God. Here's what I mean. It's all from God in the sense that we're only discovering what he's already made for us to discover. So we think we're inventing stuff. And and then what ends up happening is we could really villainize screens. But really, screens are amoral. Welcome to the Transform Podcast. My name is Andrew Farhat. And in this podcast, what we do is we consider what it looks like to follow Jesus, to be committed to a Christ-centered worldview. This podcast is for you if you are seeking what that might look like, or if you have already committed your life to Jesus Christ. Welcome to the Transform Podcast. My name is Andrew Farhat. I'm here with my bride, Daisy. Hello. So happy that you're joining us today, and we are continuing to take your questions. And this one, I think, is one of those ones that's really difficult, and it is, how do I raise my children in a screen-filled world? Um, As you know, um, they have access to a lot of content um, at a very young age. Um, and I think that, I think we need to start off by saying this, like there's no magic bullet for this. All right. There's no silver bullet that if you just do it this way, your children are going to turn out, um, the way that you had wanted and so forth. Um, it's going to be a little bit messier than that. Um, so there's no silver bullet. Um, and I think I just want to start off by being a, a bit vulnerable too. Like, I think it's, um, this is hard. This is really hard. I think that it's going to be very easy, um, during this journey to say, have I done enough? Am I being a good parent? Have I set them up for success? And I think that, uh, I just want to start off by saying, this is hard. I'm, I'm going to be vulnerable with you. Uh, there's nothing uh, that I'm going to tell you today that I think is going to be the silver bullet, but we do hope today to give you a lot of tools. We have four children, 16, 14, 10, and four. So uh, we can kind of give you uh, some information and some uh, tools that you can work with, uh, and that's what we hope to do today. Sounds good. Does that sound good? Yep. All right. So um, as you know, they have access to stuff at a very young age. They have access to YouTube typically um, on if you have a YouTube streaming uh, for your smart TV, they have that. And there's everything that's there that you can imagine. Mm -hmm. So it's all there at the click of a button. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So you don't have to like pay for something anymore. No. And it's on your computer and it's on your phone. Yes. It's not just on your TV. It's all there. So, all right. So let's dive in. And I first want to say this. Your TV, your iPhone, your iPads, whatever device you have, it is from God. Here's what I mean. It's all from God in the sense that we're only discovering what he's already made for us to discover. So we think we're inventing stuff. And and then what ends up happening is we could really villainize screens. Mm -hmm. But really, screens are amoral. Mm -hmm. Screens are not good. They're not evil. So, uh, but because they're from God, we can steward them in a sacred manner. 
we can see them from God and use them for his glory. Um, and so um, I just want to say that because I think that you can get into a mindset as a parent that screens are evil. Yes. Have you ever gotten to that? <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. I think it's easy to get there with all of the content that's available and, and just how addictive it all is. So, you know, it's this constant battle to try to re-engage your children with, with other things and they just keep getting drawn back in. And that's where you start thinking, this is a, this is a bad thing. I should just get rid of it. I should just throw it all away. Let's throw it away. Let's start over. You know, we've, we've said that a few times. Oh yeah. Like I, <laughs> I've thought, you know, like Daisy, what if we just started off with no TV in the house, like just zero. But then I'm like, man, then I can't watch football and I can't watch a movie with you. Yeah. We like to do that every once in a while. Um, and so it's like, okay, well then maybe just put the TV in our bedroom. Uh, and then, you know, you just have it up there. And, um, but you know, who wants to, you know, watch a football game in their bedroom on the bed? Like our, our bedroom is not very good for that. I don't think. Well, and you can't really teach your kids that, you know, they shouldn't be doing something if you're doing it yourself. So it just oh, doesn't Oh, so we would be hypocrites? <laughs> hypocrites, We would yes. be hypocrites. Okay, <laughs> so we would be hypocrites. And then here's the thing. They're going to have screens in their lives. Yeah. We have a daughter who is 16. She's going to go to college pretty soon. And, you know, at that point, there's no way we can monitor what she's doing. Right. So, um so basically, I just want to make sure they see your beautiful face over that microphone. So, um, so basically, you're, that's, the, that's a big takeaway I hope you'll take from today is um, instead of going uh, really kind of to one extreme, which would be no screens, what you're going to need to do is think of it as stewardship. A steward's been entrusted with something. We've all been entrusted by God with a lot. And so how are you teaching them to steward and to take in content that is good for them and to take in content that they can steward well? And that's something we're all trying to do, I think, as adults, too. Like, adults have um, Facebook fasts. Yeah. There's a reason for that, right? Yeah. That, that's what they're saying. Like, I need to monitor something. I'm getting too obsessed or addicted to something. I need to change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not a bad thing, though. Like, if you feel like something's impacting you negatively and you need to get rid of it, like, that's something, you know, that your conscience is telling you to do. Go for it. Absolutely. It's all good. So so big point number one is your screens are amoral and they're from God. How can you use them to glorify God? How can you be a good steward of what God's given to you. They're going to have them. So how are you teaching them to make good choices on their own? I think is a first paradigm. Second paradigm, I think that's important to really embrace is we could talk all we want about this, but we have to go deeper. Mm-hmm. Like we want them to desire good content. We want them to desire uh, good music and all of that. But we have to go deeper into who creates that appetite. Mm -hmm. So it's the Holy Spirit that is going to create in them a desire for good content that's positive. It's not going to be rules and monitoring and so forth. Now, rules and monitoring are good. You have authority from God as a parent to use your authority in that fashion. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But we want to start with that second foundational truth that 
it's the Holy Spirit that's going to create a desire for positive content. And it's important that they uh, learn how to desire positive content on their own. It's going to be important that they learn how to uh, see the Jesus thing that you're trying to grant them in their life as something that they want on their own. Now, if you are from the St. John's community um, here at St. John's Church, I think that um, for our children, a lot of the times their faith is either for homework or it is for a performance. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we have performances. Okay, you're going to go sing Christian songs in front of our church now. Mm -hmm. Okay, go perform for us. And it's good and it's sweet and it's beautiful. I'll be there tonight. No, I'm positive. <laughs> but like if that's all they know about Jesus and their faith, it's a performance. Um, if their homework is memorize these verses, okay, well, that's going to be a morning cram, uh, cram it in, consume it in, and then spit it out for the test or whatever is coming, yeah. right? And then forget it. And, and then forget maybe it. Maybe not be sure what you're even saying. And not even be sure what the verse even means. Yeah. Okay, so we're really doing great here. Um, so <laughs> basically, the important factor here for us as parents, for you, if you're listening and you're a parent, is, all right, how are you unpacking those verses? How are you showing them that faith is not for homework or performance, but it's for them? It's for me. Mm. It's not for getting a grade. It's, it's mm. not for making us smile on the Christmas program or whatever, it's for you. Mm -hmm. um, and so I would say this, the deepest impact you're going to have on raising your children in a screen, in a screen filled world is through prayer. Prayer activates the Holy spirit who is going to hopefully by the grace of God, as they accept him into their hearts, they're going to want good content. Mm -hmm. But if they are just like, uh, not impacted by the Holy Spirit and they just want to take in trash, then that's what they want. You know, they need, they need another supernatural power to give them a, that desire. And I'll just pause there, see if you have any thoughts. <laughs> I, be, I can talk for a long time. Right. Um, I think early in my parenting years, I really struggled with my identity as a parent. Mm -hmm. And the constant question, am I doing enough? Am I enough? Are my kids going to be okay? I mean, it brought a lot of anxiety and comparison. And there were certain people I didn't want to hang out with because their kids seemed so perfect and their family seemed like they had it so together. And then, you know, my kid would throw a tantrum and I'd like almost be in tears. And I mean, it's just no way to live. And it's not what God has for us either. I think, um, you know, being a parent now for 16 years, I've been able to let go of a lot of that and really just get more to the heart of parenting, not the display, not the outward appearance, but mm -hmm. hey, what's really going on with my kids and how can I support, love, pray for them, um, be in relationship with them? Because in the end, I mean, they're going to go in many directions in life. And what I want for them is to love the Lord mm -hmm. and, um, you know, learn how to live life successfully. But really that relationship with God is ultimately what I want for them. Um, 
This is really driven home. We went through something for a few years with one of our children um, who just really had a huge faith crisis. And as a parent, I mean, it was just heartbreaking for me to go through that. And I think both of us tried to talk to her so many times, have those conversations, try to figure mm -hmm. out how we can get through whatever blocks she had set up mentally for herself. And how much good do you think those conversations did? Um, it was kind of like talking to a brick wall, I think. She wouldn't talk to us. And when, and then she didn't want to talk. No. Right. No. So I, I eventually decided I'm going to stop talking to her because, I mean, not talking to her in life, but about these subjects. Because, Never talking to you again. Right? No. I mean, we still had a relationship. I still no, loved her. Kidding. She knew that. Um, yeah. But we didn't talk about those faith things for a good long while. And I prayed for her constantly, prayed and prayed and prayed. And the Lord did a huge work in her life. And she's in such a great place right now. And um, it just really drove home that point. Like, as a parent, we can do foundational things. And it's good if we do that to provide that foundation. But we have no authority to change our children's hearts. We just don't. And it's the Lord that's going to do that. And once we let go of that, that sense that we can control things, it just takes such a burden off of our own shoulders, thinking like we have to perform, we have to be the perfect family, we have to have it all together. And I would say I, I still struggle with anxiety about parenting, but not nearly to the extent that I used to. And I think that it sounds like that experience of praying and then seeing the Holy Spirit work um, has been huge for you. So you huge. talked about one of our children and I think we both prayed pretty deeply about it, but I think that you prayed really fervently about the situation. And today by the grace of God and by the power of the Holy Spirit, she's come back around full circle and uh, loves the Lord and is sharing uh, Jesus with other people in her life. And so I think that's been huge. And, but it's a it's a reminder of, man, we could talk all we want about screen monitoring. <laughs> and, you know, hopefully they want to watch good Christian content. Um, but like the, it's, it's going to be the Holy Spirit that does it. And you also hit on one other key factor as we talk about foundational stuff before we go into all the details. Relationship. Mm. You've... Yeah. And you, uh, I feel like I uh, have a stronger relationship with the boys. You tend to have a strong relationship with the girls. I'm still working on it. I'm a work. I'm being vulnerable. I'm a work in progress. <laughs> um, but uh, and I, I'm trying really hard. So hopefully you're not judging. Uh, but laugh. Um, so I would say the relationship is the most important factor. Um, so what I would tell you is. I've seen a, the biggest impact, like with my boys, on Saturday morning, we go sit on a couch together, and I open up the Brave Boys devotional, <laughs> and we talk about it, and it's not homework. Mm -hmm. It's not a performance. It's just something we're doing for us, for us. It's our faith. And then I think Abraham, our 10-year-old son, loves it, and it's always a comical because Judah's four. So trying to keep him from <laughs> making us all laugh is always hard. Uh -huh. But 
Um, <laughs> but our 10 year old loves it. Cause I'm like, I'm taking time for him. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting down with him. I'm doing something with him, mm-hmm. you know, and that is foundational. That's power. Um, on our drive to St. John's to drop off uh, him for school. We're now listening to a parenting podcast by Katie Cleveland, our director of children's ministry. It's called Walking Together. If you just YouTube Walking Together, St. John's, Denver, it will come up. And it gives us a lot of topics to talk about. And elementary school, man, that's the formative years where they're getting how they're thinking about life. So it's a great opportunity to influence positively um, in their lives. Um, So those are all habits. So Saturdays, we're having a devotional. Um, Drive to school, we are going to talk about this podcast. Mm -hmm. And then also, I think you hit on something that's important too. What else are you doing as a family that's Mm -hmm. just for you and your spirituality, not homework? Mm -hmm. So if all they see is that Jesus is for homework, but he's not for Sunday, you're setting them up to be disconnected from Jesus's church and the church is the bride of Jesus Christ. Um, I love one pastor said, you don't have to go to church to be saved, but if you're married and you never come home, it's going to affect the relationship. And so if you never show them to come home in the marriage relationship with Jesus, um, then I think that that is going to affect their relationship with Jesus. So, um, so I think that we want to encourage you like to establish that habit, mm-hmm. you know, like Sundays are sacred. It's not a duty, but it's something we get to do. And I think by the grace of God, I'd say I'm grateful that, you know, our kids aren't perfect. So we're not trying to say that at all, but I'm grateful that, you know, um, our children are volunteering at church. Um, mm-hmm. It seems that Abraham likes to go to children's church each Sunday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's good, right? Yeah, like, for sure. You want them mm-hmm. to want it themselves mm-hmm. for them. Mm-hmm. You want them to want it, but at the same time, um, we haven't made it an option. And I think that's one thing that I do feel like, you know, we have done well as parents. It's not been an option on Sunday mornings. It's just something that we do. And it's kind of like a car seat. You know, if you're kidding is established from day one, they sit in a car seat in the car, you know, they might argue about it a little bit, but overall it's not a big fight. And so I feel like kind of the same way about church. If that's just what your family does on Sunday, it makes it so it's not a fight that you have to engage in every week or a decision you have to make every week. It's just, this is what we do. And those habits I think are very important in life for us as adults and for our children, just that consistency of knowing like this is something that our family values and therefore this is something that we do. Absolutely. And if all you're doing is saying, I want you to be confirmed, but then there's nothing beyond that. It's another homework project to please you, but it's not for them. Um, So again, if you, if you really want Jesus for them, you're going to have to show them how Jesus is awesome, how Jesus is savior, how Jesus impacts their self-perception, their purpose in life, their meaning, their relationships, everything. Otherwise, Jesus is going to just be like a homework project to please you. Mm -hmm. Um, So now I think that um, now we can move forward a little bit more to the (laughs) nitty gritty. So yes, we want them to desire positive content. And there is some good content out there. Uh, We recommend Superbook. 
uh, for children, uh, for youth. There's a great youth channel on YouTube called Switch Youth. Those are all there. Go ahead and find others. But those are a couple we have had a positive experience with for our kids. And of course, you're trying to show them how to access Mm -hmm. good content. Mm -hmm. So obviously, as parents, we probably have a mixture of secular and Christian content that we Mm -hmm. take in. You want to teach them how to have a good balance, too, you know, so they have uh, so they learn that what you take in inevitably will have somewhat of an impact on you in some way, shape, or form, Mm -hmm. to not minimize the power of content, not to minimize the power of music and movies and all of that, uh, but to teach them, hey, this will have an impact on you in some way, shape, or form. Uh, And and music is powerful, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Music has power, man. Yeah, has a lot of emotional power. Yeah, man, it just, it can change your mood really quick. It can. (laughs) Yeah, and so since I'm on that topic, um, I think I'll try to be vulnerable here. One of our daughters said, hey, dad, um, you know, I don't get impacted by anything I watch. So like, (laughs) don't tell me I need to monitor stuff and have limits and be careful. But then she came in one day and she's like, hey, dad, I want to be one of those WWE wrestlers. <laughs> and I was like, are you freaking kidding me? You want to be one of those crazy women up there? Um, and I was like, no, <laughs> we are going. I think at that point we were just like, we don't need this in our house. No, we got rid of it. I think it. we got rid of it for a while. <laughs> we were like, man, you, you're showing me you are not able to use discernment yet. My goal is that you would use great discernment and good judgment on your own. Uh, but right now, you, you still got some work to do. <laughs> so uh, some of your children are going to be more imitators than others. Mm-hmm. You know, so they're really vulnerable and they're going to want to imitate what they're watching. And some of your kids, it's true, they may be less mm-hmm. imitators. Like they're watching something, but they're not drawn in as mm-hmm. much. True. So it just depends. Each kid is different. Yeah. This concludes part one of this episode where we cover this topic. Please tune in next week as we will do part two of this topic and dive in a little deeper.